Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today's date is October 11th, 2022, and this episode is number 247 in Generation Z's Unleashing the Kraken series. There is a lot to report on, um, and we're going to be breaking up all of the articles over the next few days, um, whereas the previously that we've been doing kind of one segment a week, but with so much that's going on, I'm going to try to not have so much information in this report and spread it out over the next uh, five days or so. So to remind everybody that we are just reporting on the reports. We are not breaking any of these stories. We are just providing the dots to connect to help us to understand the, the, the geopolitics of world orders and helping us dismantle the established narratives. So this episode in particular is inspired by Dave's emergency broadcast from October 7th about weapons of mass discussions and SADMs. Please keep that in mind. Uh, this episode is going to be setting in a lot of the groundwork for the inevitable, inevitable deterioration of the establishment. And please, again, read in between the lines when we specifically talk about the articles relating abuse and children. Of course, we promote only uh, peace on this channel, uh, but there are a lot of things that are happening uh, specifically when we bring up the skeletons of society's closet as we go through what we can call the collective dark night of the soul, we are simply addressing what's in front of us. And of course, if you want to get some more uh, in-depth talks about these topics, please join us at gener uh, Generation Z slash or Patreon slash Generation Z, where you get access to our Telegram uh, group chats, as well as the uh, group uh, member Zoom calls. So without further ado, let's get into today's report. First one we're looking at here is Robotics Firm Makes Pacifist Pledge. Boston Dynamics and five, five other companies said they will carefully review customers' intentions. Six major international robotics companies, including Hyundai-owned Boston Dynamics, have made a public promise to prevent the weaponization of their creations and urge the others in the industry to make the same pledge. That's great. They published an open letter. Uh, they pledge that they will not weaponize their advanced mobility general purpose robots or software they develop that enables advanced robotics and they will not support others to do so. Okay, that's fantastic. Uh, other groups that are in this, uh, other companies that are in this uh, group, Agility Robotics, Any Robotics, ClearPath Robotics, Open Robotics, and Unitree Robotics. They have made it at the same time that they put this open letter, they have also made it clear that they do not rule out the use of high-tech machines by government agencies for law enforcement and defense purposes. Like here we have, for example, Boston Dynamics has recently been under increased scrutiny amid attempts by the New York Police Department and the French military to use its robots, including the famous quadruped spot for reconnaissance. So that is a very uh, concerning aspect of all of this. Hopefully this isn't just a uh, dual purpose PR message where they try to get the public off of their back and the critics, while at the same time they're still continuing to uh, bring weaponization of technology uh, to help push war and all that, because we do not want to see this technology go towards nefarious purposes. We want this technology to be used for good. Next up, we have physicist Avi Loeb says, Ukraine, uh, UFOs over Ukraine are not as otherworldly as they seem. 
Now, the, uh, on the member side of Generation Z, we've been talking a lot about what's been going on in Ukraine and Russia with these UAPs. And as this article says, that there's a Ukrainian paper that talks about two types of uh, phenomena. They are known as cosmics and phantoms. And so uh, Avi Loeb, who is the astronomer that is trying to really get the modern academia world to acknowledge extraterrestrials and uh, his discovery of uh, Umuamua, uh, which he says is an alien spacecraft, potentially an alien spacecraft. Um, in this particular situation, though, uh, he is saying that the... As, okay, we'll just read it here. My paper provides a quantitative scientific calculation implying that the dark objects identified as phantoms by a team of Ukrainian astronomers are likely artillery shells. Now, sure, that could be legit. Um, but at the same time, uh, he also says that, uh, quote, if the government finds evidence for an extraterrestrial technological origin of unidentified aerial phenomena, the president will be the first to know about it. But such an event will be no different from the president being the first to know that the most abundant element in the universe is hydrogen. Uh, he also goes on to comment about the uh, Wuhan lab and the suppression of scientific information. But just from the perspective of somebody that thinks that the president is going to be the first to know about uh, extraterrestrial technological origin of UAP, well, I think that's a bit naive. Um, and I've listened to him in other interviews as well, and I love what he's bringing to the table, but just that perspective, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Next up, we have from uh, CBC News, a Mi'kmaq astronomer says we should acknowledge we live under indigenous skies. He says that we've barely scratched the surface when it comes to including indigenous perspectives in astronomy. I love this idea. Uh, as a as somebody that resides in Canada and with Indigenous blood myself, uh, I really like that there is a push to look into the Indigenous perspectives of astronomy because we know that so many Indigenous uh, mythology stories actually talk about being from the stars or being from inner Earth. Um, and they've had a vast knowledge of this topic for thousands of years, long before the conventional Western scientific ast astronomical organizations made such discoveries about the stars. Um, we're not going to read necessarily this article, but this is a very good one to uh, look into. And I'm just very happy that this is getting the attention. This is something that I want to be definitely getting into more with my research. And we're going to include the links uh, of this report in the description of the video. Next up, we have archaeologists discover an 1,800-year-old uh, military Medusa medal. Medusa means guardian in ancient Greek, and her likeness was depicted on shields and weapons in ancient times. This is from the Jerusalem Post. If you can see the image here, that is pretty traumatizing with a decapitated person with these snakes all over their head. And they look like they're in agony for sure. And the number 1,800 for the Gen Z uh, original group, pretty much. Uh, keep in mind that number, how often that reoccurs. Is this some part, is this some sort of number or indication in the simulation system that we're living in to help us identify what's really going on? 
uh, the article says that in, uh, an 18 year an 1800 year old military medal with the head of Medusa on it was discovered by archaeologists in Turkey on Monday. So this is from October 10th. This is from just yesterday. So fascinating. Uh, I wonder what what comes from that and paying attention to the archaeology, the anthropology, uh, that side of dismantling the matrix is very important because our history, for the most part, has been completely suppressed and we've been lied to about essentially everything. Next up, we have from phys.org. Study shows gravitational forces deep within Earth have great impact on landscape evolution. Stony Brook University is leading a research project that focuses on the interplay between the evolution on the landscape, climate, and fossil record of mammal evolution and diversification in the Western United States. A little explored aspect of this geosciences research is the connection between gravitational forces deep inside Earth and landscape evolution. So if uh, audience members have listened to any of the work that Dan Winter has talked about, well, modern science has no idea what causes gravity, why objects fall to the ground. And this is a kind of a perfect example of we're getting closer and closer to analyzing gravity and talking about how, you know, uh, the gravitational forces deep within the Earth have great impact on landscape evolution. Sure, but are they really explaining how gravity falls to the ground? Why it happens, it doesn't really see, doesn't really seem to explain it. But we got some good, we're moving in the right direction, it seems. Next up, we have another from phys.org. The Earth System Grid Federation launches effort to upgrade climate projections data system by Stephanie C.A. of Oak Ridge National Lab. So this article is fascinating because, honestly, I was looking into secret space program, galactic federation, Earth grid type topics, and this came up. The Earth System Grid Federation. Is this a part of the disclosure? of getting us to recognize that there is an earth grid on our system to frequentially suppress us? And is there a counter earth grid to try to help raise our frequency involving ob uh, objects like the pyramid, Stonehenge, uh, giant statues built on ley lines, stuff like that. But this is fascinating because the Earth System Grid Federation is a multi-agency initiative that gathers and distributes data for top-tier projections of the Earth's climate. It is preparing a series of upgrades that will make using the data easier and faster while improving how the information is curated. This, the Federation, led by the Department of Energy's Oak Ridge National Laboratory in collaboration with Argonne and Lawrence Livermore National Laboratories is integral to some of the most important, impactful, and widely respected projections of the Earth's future climate. Those made by the scientists working with the coupled model intercomparison projects of the World Climate Research Program. So remember, Department of Energy. They have, yeah. I uh, won't say anything more about that, but I find that fascinating uh, that what this article could be implying when we read in between the lines. Next up. Now, this is where, okay, so that I wanted to kind of just preface this pretty dark uh, Kraken episode by those articles that we just covered to kind of have a, a good sense, some some positive, some op some positivity, some optimism about where we are going collectively. But now, unfortunately, this is the time where we're getting into the dark 
night of the soul type of skeletons in the closet topic. So just be prepared as we move forward for the rest of this presentation. And yeah, maybe you want to get the, some children out of the room if you've got them around you and just, yeah, it's getting a bit dark. So here we have from BBC News. Mermaid's trustee group quits over pedophile group links. Again, this is mainstream news we're reporting on. A trustee of the charity Mermaids has resigned after reports he spoke at a conference organized by a group that promotes support for pedophiles. Dr. Jacob Breslow quit the transgender children's charity after the Times revealed he had attended the B4U ACT conference in 2011 as a PhD student. B4U ACT calls for pedophiles to have the right to live in truth and dignity. Whereas Mermaids says the organization is completely at odds with its values. Uh, yeah, so we're going to just keep this. We're not going to go any more into that. That is the article. We can definitely talk more about this on the Patreon side of things. But for the sake of YouTube, that's as much as we're going to go into that. Next up, we have Uvalde schools suspend entire police force after the outrage. Uvalde School District on Friday pulled its embattled campus police force off the job following a uh, following a wave of new outrage over the hiring of a former state trooper who was part of the hesitant law enforcement response during the May shooting at Robb Elementary School that left 21 dead. Like, what? What is going on with this? School leaders also put two members of the district police department on administrative leave, one of whom chose to retire instead, according to a statement released by the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District. So, like, it, this is just baffling. Um, it, it really is just baffling. And this it seems like this whole event has unraveled from the police being told not to go in and save those children to even punishing the parents that tried to save the children. And now people were being appointed on the board that were involved with not saving the children uh yeah this is one of those i this is one of the articles that i was kind of uh after mentioning about the narrative is dismantling and let's just see what continues to happen in power to the uvalde families who want to get to the truth next up actor tells jury kevin spacey abused him when he was 14. Warning, this story contains details of an alleged sexual assault. An actor who's accused Kevin Spacey of making sexual advance on him as a 14-year-old recounted the episode for a New York City jury on Friday, testifying he felt helpless when Spacey climbed on top of him in bed. And Rapp testified, Anthony Rapp testified, that the then 26-year-old Spacey had invited him to a party at his Upper East Side apartment when both actors were starring on Broadway in 1986. He said after he wandered into a bedroom to watch TV and get away from adults, an intoxicated-looking Spacey joined him after the other guests had left. Yikes. Well, we're not going to go more into that uh, because you can read the article for yourself, but you get the gist of it, and we'll see what happens because this is an actual trial that is going on right now. And... Yeah, we're keeping up with a theme here, a bit disturbing, I know, but from CTV News, nurse accused of killing seven babies, attempting to kill 10 others, appears in the United Kingdom court from October 10th. 
a hospital neonatal nurse accused of killing seven babies and trying to kill 10 others poisoned two infants deliberately with insulin, a British prosecutor said Monday. Lucy Letby, 32, has been charged with murder in the deaths of five baby boys and two girls and the attempted murder of five boys and five girls while she worked at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Northwest England between 2015 and 2016. Letby earlier pleaded not guilty to the charges. So this is, again, very disturbing, very unsettling, uh, but not not unheard of and for those that fo have followed the generations ed content for a while yeah we go deep into these sort of topics and unfortunately we can't really go farther than that on the public realm of youtube but stay tuned for the website that's coming up and in the meantime join us on patreon and telegram where we can talk about these things more openly next up uh yeah, this we're, we're getting pretty controversial, actually. Just actually to stay on this note, I'm going to jump over to here. Babies know they're trans once born, Harvard-affiliated hospital says. A psychologist of Boston Children's Hospital claimed many kids know their gender seemingly from the womb. Uh, yikes. We're not going to get into that one anymore. Um, just, you know, make these decisions for yourself. This is a very hot topic uh, concept. and. You know, I'm not going to comment my opinion one way or the other. Again, you can come join us on a more safe space to talk about those things. Next up, we have Trump calls for an immediate Ukraine peace talks. The former U.S. president says nothing will be left on the planet unless the conflict is settled. I completely agree with that. And it's interesting because it seems like nobody else in the West really wants peace. They just want war. Uh, the Ukrainians don't seem to want peace. Uh, sorry, sorry, I should not say that. Uh, the leader of Ukraine, Zelensky, seems to not want peace. Um, of course, Putin, by invading Ukraine, also seems to not want peace. But uh, I am saying that with the caveat of understanding the context of why there was an invasion in, of Ukraine to begin with. But this is interesting because we just had Elon Musk on Twitter say that here is his perceived peace talk situation that's going to be happening. And, well, yeah, if... If Trump saying on several occasions that the Ukraine conflict would not have happened had he been re-elected in 2020, there's a good chance that's true. Next up, we have Justin Bieber postpones rest of world tour shows due to his health. He is pulling the plug on the remaining shows of his Justice World Tour due to his health. Uh, so he is dealing with the fallout of Ramsey-Hunt syndrome diagnosis, which left half of his face temporarily paralyzed. Are there other things that have happened to, that uh, has caused people to receive temporary or permanent facial paralysis? Are there some medical injections that people have been receiving that has some had adverse effects? You know, read between the lines when we see these see these types of stories. Next up, uh, we have Nike suspends relationship with Hockey Canada amid its handlings of sexual assault allegations. And as we see breaking news on the top of this headline, the CEO and the entire Hockey Canada board is stepping down. Wow. Talk about some massive news for Canadians. So not only are the all of the sponsors stepping down for supporting Hockey Canada, but now the entire board and the CEO has stepped down. And this is because 
turns out that they have basically created a hush fund to silence people that claim that they are being sexually abused uh, that were participants in this program uh, decades ago, and that there is a big cover-up on it, and that the funding, the, the fees that parents were paying for their children was going towards this fund. So obviously, people are withdrawing their kids from these programs, from playing hockey overall. Next up, now this is a three, uh, three articles are connected here. First is Twitter and Instagram lock out Kanye West over anti-Semitic posts. The companies say the entertainer posted messages violating their policies. Um, we're not going to repeat what he says because we don't want to have the same thing happen to us, even though we are literally citing uh, media and all that. But, you know, we've seen what happened to Russell Brand and we've seen what hap what's happened to other people. Um, but he also had been criticized for wearing a White Lives Matter t-shirt to his collection at Paris Fashion Week. And if you have not yet listened to uh, Kanye West with uh, Tucker Carlson, that was an interesting interview to get some insight into Ye's mind. And strongly recommend you actually listen to the words that he is saying instead of relying on the articles talking about him. Speaking of which, articles talking about him. From the Jerusalem Post, Kanye West, Abraham Accords was signed to make money for the Kushner family. Rapper Kanye West appeared on Tucker Carlson's show to discuss his thoughts and feelings on the Abraham Accords agreement. And as he says here, the Abraham Accords were ma about making money for the Kushner family. He criticized Jared Kushner's role in the Trump administration on the interviews. With, quote is, when I think about all these things that Jared somehow doesn't get enough credit for with his work and what is what is his work, Israel or his work in Palestine, you know he made these peace treaties. I think it was just about making money. So that is very interesting. Um, just given the geopolitics of Trump, Ukraine, Russia, maybe Trump would have just paid people off to say, hey, 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 let's let's stop all this war. That could definitely have been how he would have created the peace that he claims. Next up, we have Candace Owen defends Kanye West, saying tweet about Jews wasn't anti-Semitic from the Jerusalem Post. Owens defended Kanye West on an episode of her political talk show, saying that honest people know that he wasn't actually being anti-Semitic. We're not going to get deeper into that. You can read all the information to make up your mind about whether you think so or not, but just keep in mind, we've talked to, uh, you know, uh, Zionism and other uh, organizations using labels like conspiracy theories to discredit somebody's actual uh, intelligence by lumping them in as some far-right fringe extremist just so that their uh, thoughts are not perceived as legit. Okay, on to the next one. Enough evidence to indict Hunter Biden from the Washington Post, uh, sourced here by R uh, RT News. Prosecutors are to decide if they want to charge the U.S. president's son for tax and firearm crimes. Okay, well, it's only tax and firearm crimes. It's not uh, some of the other stuff that that we saw from the, the laptop and those leaked emails. So interesting, though, that regardless, there could be criminal punishment. So we will see what happens there. Then we have another Baldwin story. Alec Baldwin reaches settlement with Helena Hutchins' family. So remember that we just talked about how uh, 
Oh, my apologies. That was Kevin Spacey. So that was Kevin Spacey. Here we have Alec Baldwin. Huh. The family of Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer killed on the Rust movie set in 2021, and Alec Baldwin have reached an undisclosed settlement in the wrongful death lawsuit filed against the actors and others, according to a statement released by the actor's attorney. I mean, if nothing, if he was just completely innocent and didn't even shoot the gun like he, you know, then what is there an out-of-court settlement for? So very strange, very peculiar. I'm sure our audience has already done the research on the peculiarities and inconsistencies about all of this. We're not going to get into that right now. That's its own episode. Next up, we have New York City declares state of emergency. With thousands of migrants being bussed in from the south, the mayor has blamed politics for the crisis. New York Mayor Eric Adams declared a 30-day state of emergency on Friday amid the migrant crisis, adding that the new influx will cost the city $1 billion. The, moves come, the move comes as several U.S. states are sending thousands of migrants from the southern border to Democrat-run areas, including New York City. He's described it as a humanitarian crisis. And yeah, right, we reported previously on um, the Arizona and Abbott governors sending busloads of immigrants to New York and Washington to put the migrant situation on spotlight interesting way to handle it and on a similar note here we have we're going to uh, german cities overwhelmed with ukrainian refugees says the media more than a million ukrainian refugees are now living in germany according to the interior ministry so this is another interesting one because obviously what happens in war is people get displaced where do those displaced people go where are they forced to go well war inevitably creates uh refugees so again where do those refugees go in this situation they're going to germany and here we have germany saying that they are overwhelmed but has germany supported the continuation of war between ukraine and russia well have they brought this onto themselves well is this a part of a, a deeper agenda to actually deteriorate and destabilize certain uh sovereign governments and infrastructures you know could be there could be a reason why they're creating these uh immigrant influxes and of course it's only the innocent people that suffer during these wars and catastrophes next up we have xi jinping's bid to extend rule puts zero covid exit in focus so the Chinese leader has given no indication that the upcoming party Congress will herald a shift in pandemic strategy. Uh, as China prepares to hold its once every five years leadership gatherings, not elections, but leadership gatherings, businesses and investors are watching closely for any signs of an exit from Beijing's punishing dynamic zero COVID strategy. So yeah, we definitely want to keep in mind with what's going on here because of the concept we just saw brazilian leader bolsonaro win we just saw the italian uh newly elected leader win who's you know against the globalist agenda both of brazil and italy now have uh, have leaders that are against the globalist agenda um and the idea that the brics alliance brazil india russia china south africa are nationalist powers that have created their own secret space program earth alliance that are against the globalist powers of the world economic forum the Federal Reserve, the United States Industrial Military Complex, and the British colonial monarchy powers, all that kind of stuff. So we will see 
what goes on from uh, China's latest leader meetings and if they will begin to lift the extreme COVID lockdown uh, mandates. Because it could very well be that uh, Xi Jinping has been against it. Let's actually read this here. For Xi, who has staked considerable political capital on the claimed superiority of China's handling of the pandemic uh, compared with the West, a path out of draconian restrictions is difficult to see. Of course, of course. So, you know, we're not in China. I really have no idea. I'm not involved with the CCP, so I don't know what's going on. But I like the idea that there are factions within every government, essentially, and the CCP, uh, Chinese Communist Party, there's no different. And there's the idea that Xi Jinping is actually battling other CCP members. Um, so we will see what happens there. Next up, we have a U.S. town employee quietly lowered fluoride in the water for years. Residents of a small community in Vermont were blindsided last month by news that one official in their water department quietly lowered fluoride levels nearly four years ago, giving rise to worries about their children's dental health and transparent government, and highlighting the enduring misinformation around water fluoride, uh, fluoridation. Yeah, so I'm sure that a lot of people on this channel are familiar with the idea that fluoride they put in the water supply, uh, but... Uh, Dentists say that it's to help your teeth strength, but there's a lot of other science that says that fluoride uh, calcifies your pineal gland, which is, I guess, misinformation in, in this part. Um, but we know that actually uh, a lot of European countries do not put fluoride in their water for whatever reason. But just to uh, counteract what this article is talking about and how it's slanting to make it seem like they... Uh, let's actually just read here before we go on. The mineral fluoride was first added to public water in Grand Rapids, Michigan in 1945. Now it's commonplace, although more prevalent in some states than others. Oregon, New Jersey, and Hawaii have the lowest percentage of residents with fluoridated water, according to the United Health Foundation. Um, I personally don't like drinking tap water. Uh, that might just be me, though. But here we have Harvard Public Health, a magazine of the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health from spring 2016. Is fluoridated drinking water safe? Countries that do not fluoridate the water also have seen big drops in the rate of cavities. Uh, yeah, so it's prevented tooth decay. Um, I actually meant to grab a different article uh, other than this one. So my apologies, because the one that I wanted to talk about was referencing the cognitive decline of kids and linking it to fluoride, and it was from Harvard. So, oh well, not going to go deeper into that, but I'm sure people that are at least watching this channel, if you don't know anything about this topic, you definitely should look into it. Now, okay, here's another article that we've got that is pretty disturbing. Um, and again, read, read between the lines. Here we have Thais. So people from Thailand mourn dozens, mainly kids, mainly kids killed in a daycare attack. Relatives wailed and collapsed in grief over the small coffins of Children Friday after a fired police officer stormed a rural Thai daycare center at nap time and massacred dozens of people. 
Thailand's deadliest mass shooting killing left virtually no one untouched in the small community nestled among rice paddies in one of the nation's poorest regions. At least 24 of the 36 people killed in Thursday's grisly gun and knife attack were children. Awful. Very disturbing. Very sad. And yeah, uh, interesting that it was a former police officer similar to Japan. We saw Shinzo Abe's assassin was a former naval officer. A lot of these incidences involving kids and killing are former authority officials. Could they be MKUltra? Could they be Maturian Candidate? Could they be direct energy weapon induced? Was this event real to begin with? Well, here we have CNN apologizes for entering Thai massacre site after criticism. CNN journalists went into the preschool where 24 children were killed and filmed the scene without official permission. What the f like that actually I want to I, I do want to scream about this because this is just so, so mind baffling, mind, mind boggling, mind baffling, all of the above flabbergasting. The two CNN journalists involved were fined after authorities found they had worked in the country after entering on a tourist visa, but they were cleared of wrongdoing for entering the nursery, Deputy National Police Chief said on Sunday. So they they filmed the crime scene without permission. So many questions go off about this. Did they were they told about this ahead of time? How was that you know how was that legal? Is this was this a false flag? which we're going to go deep into. And, and keep in mind the episode that Dave just did, uh, the concept of creating an event. So, so basically, uh, uh, Saddam's and weapons of mass discussion, the idea of creating the fear so that the fear actually creates the results that was intended, but there was never actually any, um, any real threat to begin with. It was all uh, created to make people think that something was going to be happening. Um, yeah, uh, but we have obviously have to see, and, you know, at the very, the very least, this is absolute, uh, uneth uh, unethical behavior, insensitive. Uh, it is, it is just brutal that, uh, these journalists would go in and do there, assuming that this is an authentic and legitimate story. But of course we have to be diligent, uh, uh, vigilant with, Maybe, you know, they got a tip off that it was going to be happening and that it was planned because the deep states get to the point where they're not fooling around with these things anymore. Just like Uvalde and the school uh, that we talked about earlier in this episode. OK, so that was th that was the last article of the really deep stuff. Now, this is going to be we're wrapping up the segment. And thank you so much for being here with me. Um, I know that these segments are longer than the Krakens that you were used to when Dave was doing it, but. As uh, you know, as a new kind of co-host and, and researcher with the program, I've got my own way of presenting these ideas. So we're concluding this presentation, this report, with a dive into Canada. And because I live in Canada, this is very pertinent to me. We're going to breeze through this, though, even though we've got quite a few stories to cover. We're, we're helping you paint a picture of all of these things going on. And I know it's a lot of information, but uh, hopefully it is helpful and you enjoy it. So thank you so much for your ongoing support in the comment sections. I really appreciate it. Let's conclude here with Canada. Facing foreign conflicts, domestic disasters, Canada's top soldier worries about readiness. 
Chief of De the Defense Staff General Wayne Iyer says he's worried about the Canadian Armed Forces' readiness as it faces pressure both from the conflict in Ukraine and the need to respond to natural disasters at home. In an interview on Rosemary Barton Live on Sunday, he says strong demands on both sides and given issues with equipment and personal shortages, he was concerned about our overall readiness. This is very fascinating because as we, as we will see, um, I will go to this other article if I brought it along. Okay, well, you know, we're sending, uh, now Canada is sending troops to uh, Poland to help train Ukrainians. So this is just getting some context about the situation of the Canadian military. And also keep in mind, other things that have gone on in the Canadian military was uh, General, <coughs> sorry, Danny Fortin, who was forced to resign when he was the uh, vaccine distributor, uh, the, the task force appointed by Trudeau, he had to resign. And many other military personnel in the Canadian Armed Forces have had to resign through sexual assault allegations and other um, dramatic situations like that. So are there things happening behind the scenes of the Canadian military that we don't know about? Are there people that are a part of this white hat operation that are trying to kind of um, oppose the uh, globalist agenda? Next up, we have Ex-Ottawa police chief cites declining level of trust for the resigning for resignation during convoy. When start with the quote is when trust starts to leave policing, that increases public safety risk. So that was from uh, Peter Slowly. So Peter Slowly says he resigned as chief of the Ottawa Police Services in the middle of the Freedom Convoy crisis, partly because he feared eroded trust in his leadership was delaying extra officers from other jurisdictions. He resigned 19 days into the lengthy occupation of parts of downtown Ottawa. And yeah, remember the whole Freedom Convoy thing? There's so much to get into with this situation because we also see that they did not ask if the, the, the police did not ask for the emergency measures to be implemented. He said he did not ask for the act, but he was doing but doing so was very, very helpful. It helpful in unlocking other tools to end the protest. In particular, the built the ability for police to clear out people on foot before moving protest truck uh, trucks out of the core. Holy moly! So just another just another dot in understanding the whole context of the narrative that we're being told and how it is falling apart. Here we have Trudeau expected to testify at the emergencies inquiry. Prime Minister's office says. It's to take place on Octo October 13th and wrap up in November. So I will definitely be including this in my reports in the coming days. We will see what he says, but we've already seen many other police and authority figures say they never requested the Emergency Measures Act to be enacted, which literally contradicts, contradicts the ministers of the Canadian government. Here we have Canadian officials have met with the Taliban more than a dozen times since Kabul fell. Ottawa has been repressing the Taliban for months on women's right fighting terrorism. Canadian government officials have met with representatives of the Taliban on at least 13 occasions in Qatar since it swept to power in Afghanistan in August 2021, documents obtained by CBC News reveal. So how many of these government officials that, flown to, that have flown to Qatar are producing carbon emissions? How many of them have supported the carbon tax? How many of them uh, are blaming climate change for what's going on, blaming carbon emissions and climate change, yet they are themselves still flying 
in these private chats all over the world. And also to go back to Trump's idea about peace with Ukraine and Kanye West talking about Kushner, peace talks, just all about money. How much of this is all about money? How much is these Canadians go into the Qatari government just receiving a bunch of money and then go, okay, this is what we want. Like how we saw Prince Charles receive a million dollars of donations from the Qatari government. Well, now King Charles. Oh, are we going to be talking about that one anytime soon? But anyway, this is very interesting with the Canadian government and the, the Taliban. Next up, uh, we have the MPs Grill Hockey Canada chair over secretive multi-million dollar payout to sexual assault victim. This is what I was talking about earlier. And we saw that just now the CEO and the whole board of Hockey Canada has stepped down because they had a secretive multi-million dollar payout to sexual assault victims. Wow. Holy moly, this is big. And it is horrible because this is directly about children. So, yeah. This is a lot of skeletons in the Canadian closets are coming out here. Very shadowy, very disgusting, very uh, disturbing. So we will see what happens to Canada. Now, let's just also read here that NDP MP, MP Ju Peter Julian accused Hockey Canada of weaponizing non-disclosure agreements to silent victims of abuse. He also attacked the governing body over lavish board dinners that reportedly have cost in excess of 5000 and handling out and handing out 3,000 rings to each of the group's nine board members whenever a national team won a championship. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. This is a very, very, um, you know, disturbing article. And please, we'll include the description in this, uh, the, the link to this uh, article in the description of this video. And another Canadian one. Here we have, cabinet documents should be reviewed to ensure government isn't hiding things from the public. The watchdog says officials should be held accountable if departments don't respect the rules. Sure, fair enough. The article says secret cabinet documents should be reviewed to verify that they are truly cabinet confidences and not an attempt to shield government records from the access to information law. Canada's access to information watchdog told members of Parliament Wednesday. Holy. So, yeah, please hold them accountable. Make sure that they're telling the truth. Make sure that they're not just uh, covering up the facts. And, oh, by the way, can we talk about the uh, lab leak stuff that the Canadian government has been suppressing because of their affiliations with the Wuhan lab and Harvard and Charles Lieber and all of that? Oof. Doesn't, doesn't seem like it. Oh, and here we have another one. Government moves to dismiss class action lawsuit filed by Black civil service employees. The motion to strike the class action suit claims court does not have jurisdiction. This is in Canada. The federal government has filed a court calling on a judge to dismiss a class action lawsuit filed by Black civil service employees on jurisdictional grounds. The proposed class action, launched in December 2020, accuses the federal government of systemic racism, discrimination, and employee exclusion. It alleges that since the 1970s, roughly 30,000 Black civil service employees have lost out on opportunities and benefits afforded to others based on their race. Well, this is very interesting that the Canadian government is just trying to hush-hush some people that are uh, upset about feeling like they're being discriminated against. Meanwhile, I thought that this is a, uh, a woke Canadian government that is all about equality and, you know, uh, equal rights, things like that, being pro-LGBTQT and pro-feminist. Yet now they're kind of trying to hush-hush 
these uh, Black Canadians that feel discriminated against. Well, that is interesting, and we'll see. Probably, it's probably going to end out with a uh, out-of-court class action settlement. We'll see. Let's just see what my time is here. Well, I think that I'm almost at the hour mark, and thank you so much for bearing with me. I've just got a few more that uh, we're going to go through here. Actually, I will just uh, end with these last... You know, we'll just end with this last one here because we've already covered so much. But again, thank you so much for being here with me. Um, the last article we're looking at is from The Counter Signal. And The Counter Signal, according to mainstream news outlets, is a far-right news outlet. Uh, so just keep that in mind as we do this report. Uh, so their report says that they've exposed a $105 million liberal partnership with the World Economic Forum. Conservative members of member of parliament and two-time leadership contender Leslin Lewis uncovered the admission in an order paper question signed by Transportation Minister Omar Al-Gabra. In the, in the response, Transport Canada admitted that the World Economic Forum is one of several partners for the federal government's known traveler digital identity, the KTDI project, which will cost $105 million over five years. She says it's no longer a conspiracy theory. It's a contractual fact. It's a contractual fact. Okay, well, that's where we're going to end here because this is just painting. <laughs> that's a bit of a bombshell. And that's, again, connecting the geopolitics of world orders with the fascist corp corporatocracy, uh, the biosurveillance uh, state. All of those things. And again, there was a lot of dark reporting on the nefariousness of the underbelly of society with abuse with children, uh, with these seemingly potential false flag events, or they were real events that uh, unfortunately children are being harmed. But there we have it. And we're trying to report these things with with uh, some, some light, some pro-peace, some positivity, because yes, these are, topics can weigh you down. But you know, um, these are just things that you that we just have to address and look at. But thank you so much for joining us and see you all again very, very soon. Have a great day.